Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have a very special bonus episode and I'll be discussing Netflix's 2022 science fiction action comedy film The Atom Project. This is directed by Sean Levy, it stars Ryan Reynolds, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, Walker Scobell, Catherine Keener, and Zoe Saldana. I'm Jesse, and I am writing solo with this special episode. I'm going to put it out there early that I'm going to spoil this movie. So if you haven't checked out this brand new release on Netflix, The Adam Project, then give us a pause and come back a bit later on. And hopefully if you're, you're continuing on, it means you've seen the film and you're ready to hear my thoughts on what this one's all about. And that will lead me into the fast flicks where we do a quick little summary about what the film is all about. So for this one, this is about a crash landing during a time during a time travel mission means that Adam must team up with his 12-year-old self to save the future. So if you're into uh, those classic films like Back to the Future or anything to do with a little bit of uh, time travel, then this one might be for you. Um, I guess this sort of first popped up on my radar during the Super Bowl, um, which doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but I know that Netflix had a huge trailer that they put out, which included... Um, them committing to putting out a new release every Friday, I guess, uh, a new feature Netflix original film and um, the back end, well, that trailer had, you know, little short, quick cuts of all of the ones that are coming up and the back end of that trailer was a nice sneak preview for this one and I guess that sort of got me intrigued a little bit and um, going into it a little bit further, this one, it was sort of announced as the title being Our Name is Adam way back in October 2012 and this is when Paramount Pictures had the rights for the project or, or became interested in, in acquiring a film and, and the reason they wanted this was because Tom Cruise was attached to star in this film and um, it sort of sat in development hell for, for quite a while and Netflix took it off um, Paramount in July of 2020 and then that's how we've ended it up with it uh, coming to Netflix streaming services across the world. It was filmed from the 18th of November 2020 right through to the 8th of March 2021 so um, lots of um, specialty sort of things done on set to ensure that COVID restrictions were upheld and it was a safe production. And as I mentioned, the, the working title was Our Name is Adam, but obviously went on to become The Adam Project. And I guess across the world, it's got some different translations. In Greek, it's called Business Adam, which yeah, a little bit iffy. Uh, Japan, it's called Adam and Adam. And I really like that um, in particular, tying in with the two Adams having to work together and um, the the Russian title sort of stuck with the the working title of, of our our name is Adam, but based on recent news, I think Netflix have pulled the pin in Russia for the time being. So I'm not too sure um, many people in Russia will be able to check this one out on their local Netflix um, streaming devices. The tagline for this one it had two. One was past meets future, so pretty meh, nothing nothing too special. And then the last one is time flies. So both are sort of mixing in with that idea of the, the sci-fi elements of time travel and, and where it's going. Um, so this is only two days after it was released on Netflix as I'm recording this. It was released on the 11th of March, 2020, filmed in and around British Columbia in Canada, especially in and around Vancouver. The consensus so far, so obviously very early days on these reviews, so it's probably gonna change a bit, but when I checked it out recently um, on Rotten Tomatoes, so the, the critics combined scores, it sits on 69%, and that's on 130 reviews, so that sits at fresh, and quite a few uh, critics have got on there very early for this one. The audience on Rotten Tomatoes has it at a little bit higher at 83%, and that's also on a fairly high amount, on over 250, so, um, 
quite a few people have got onto Rotten Tomatoes for this one. Same with IMDb, um, a bit over 12,000 people have logged it and it sits on a very solid seven out of 10 on IMDb from the general public. And then finally, Letterbox, the one that we look at for our film loving or film going audience that sort of uh, critique things a little bit harder. It sits at a 3.2 out of five on about 10 and a half thousand reviews. So um, a very solid score there as well. And that will lead me into my early thoughts for this one. And to be honest, this this was so much fun. I, I was pleasantly surprised. I think the performances in this are excellent um, and the story, it's really engaging and there's plenty of laughs along the way and the action, it's pretty decent for a Netflix film. So I think to sort of wrap it up before I, I get into some characters for this film, I think that there's a lot of heart and this is well worth a watch. Um, if you've, you've got your family, need something to watch on, on the weekend, I, I couldn't recommend it highly enough at the moment. And I've only watched it once, but I'm already thinking about when I can watch it again. So let's have a chat about some of the characters in this film. As I mentioned before, if you haven't seen the film, um, I have, I've done a pretty good job so far to not say much, but I'm going to have to spoil it a little bit as I talk about the characters. So obviously, as I mentioned, this, this film's about Adam. So we've got the young Adam, who's a 12-year-old Adam, who is in the present time of 2022. And then we've got the older version of Adam, who's 44, I think, from memory. And he's sort of come back from the year 2050 to um, sort of change a few things. So we'll start off with the younger version of Adam. And, and he, he's put forward as this nerdy young kid, gets beaten up by the bullies at school. And, and the big point in his life at the moment is that he's struggling with the death of his father and unfortunately he takes this grief and this inability to deal with it out on his mum there's one of those little tropes that you'd often see in, in these types of movies where he uses an inhaler to sort of calm himself down and I think that as a young character the so this is this young kid plays with the older version which is played by Ryan Reynolds and the two of them together especially this young kid he has a great ability to um, help his older self learn from his past and be ready to move forward with the future and I think that the the interactions and the chemistry between the two on screen was excellent and a lot of the the jokes that Reynolds puts out there definitely land because of the the ability for this young actor to to bounce off him so that sort of leads me into Ryan Reynolds version of Adam the older Adam and we know that he's successful in the future. He's the captain of this this ship that he's on or this Starcraft or whatever it is, but the, the trauma that he's dealing with in his life at this current stage is that he's lost his wife. And obviously in the past, he's had to struggle with the loss of his dad too. And, and this idea of having these daddy issues his whole life. And I think that the film does a really good job of highlighting this and working through this, through this older version of Adam. And that sort of leads us into the dad character, Lewis. Uh, who is played by Mark Ruffalo, uh, doesn't hit the screen until probably an hour into this film. And they they pump him up a little bit. Like we see photos in the, the house of him with the, the boy and, and all that sort of stuff. And he obviously died early on in his life, in Adam's life. And the, the key to his, um, I guess, his, uh, his need in this film is that he invented time travel and, and the project that this time traveling project was he, he titled it the Adam project. So obviously after his son and there's this one line, um, of, you know, that, um, it's his favorite child that the Adam project is his favorite child, not the actual Adam. And, and that's enough to sort of tell you of how absent a father he was and the impact that it did have on Adam. So it's clear that he was too interested in being a scientist to actually worry about what was going on at home, even though they do make it clear that when he was at home, he was 100% a good dad. It's just that his focuses were in other places throughout. And that leads us on to Ali, which is Adam's mum, and played by Jennifer Garner, 
always there for Adam when he's younger, um, but it as well is struggling with the loss of her husband and, and Adam's dad and Adam's behavior as a young kid and his attitude, uh, especially in regards to her starting to date again. And, and at school, it's sort of getting in the way of her life, her work, her ability to focus too. And I think that, you know, just dropping in her going in on a date and just into the film is such a, a thing that so many people would be able to resonate with that if you lose a parent, the, the worst thing that you could possibly imagine is your parent finding someone else. It's almost like replacing that parent. And I think it was done really subtly and really nicely in this film. Uh, <laughs> Laura is the wife of Adam, played by Zoe Saldana. Not in it an awful lot, but the moments that she's there, she does bring a great charisma to the screen. And I, th I think uh, Zoe Saldana is a fantastic actress. And that sort of leads us to the, the opposites, I guess, the villains or the bad guys in this film. And they're not necessarily the most evil villains that you'll ever see in your life. But Maya um, Sorian, she's, she's set up as the big villain and, and she helped fund the Adam Project and worked with Lewis or Adam's dad. Um, and as we see, through her various stages throughout time or her character throughout time, her focus became more on the money than on the scientific values or the, the ability to, to make change in the world. And, and this led to her becoming lonely and had nothing but this company that she needed to focus on. So you can see the downfall in her, but realistically not a massively fleshed out villain, but you didn't really need that because the focus of this story is about the family, Adam, his relationship with his mum and dad, and with the younger and older self. And the last sort of character I'll throw in there is Christos, who's this other bad guy who just sort of does the, the bad work for Maya. And um, there's sort of a mention that he went through the, the academy with the older Adam, um, runs the security for Maya, um, and he's got this really scarred up sort of face that that uh, we're told Adam uh, did to him. So I think Adam mentions that his face matches his soul. So a nice little uh, funny thing to add in there with Christos. Time to talk about the director of this one, Sean Levy. So lots of credits across the board. So he's got 64 producer credits for things such as Stranger Things, Last Man Standing, the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries, so a couple of uh, Netflix, Netflix things in there, Cheaper by the Dozen 2 and Pink Panther 2. So has a, a fair uh, a range of work, and including directing as well. Also has 43 directing credits, including the comedy Date Night, Real Steel with Hugh Jackman. Um, obviously he likes to work with Ryan Reynolds. He directed Free Guy, which uh, only came out about 12 months ago and is set to... Uh, be the director of Deadpool 3 again with Ryan Reynolds I think he did the Night at the Museum films too and if we go all the way back to his the start of his career he actually had directed a few episodes of the Animorphs TV show so uh, some 90s kids who are listening to this you might remember the the book series the Animorphs uh, I think it was written by K.A. Applegate uh, pseudonym name I think but um yeah, I directed some of those shows and I fondly remember Animorphs uh, growing up. And that's going to take me into some scenes. So I'd like to discuss the scenes that we, we enjoyed in this one. And, and for me, there's quite a bit that I enjoyed in this. And I think a lot of the humor is where it plays through for me. The humor and the heart, they're the two things that I've gathered my scenes from. So I think to start off with, when the two Adams meet, um, they're in the garage and the old Adam says, oh, I was shot. And, you know, he's bleeding and the younger Adam says, with a bullet, and the older Adam replies and says, no, I was stabbed with one. And I think it, it just made me laugh and then continued on with this little joke that he makes about his wound where the bullet hole is makes a fart noise. So a little bit of childish humor, but I thoroughly thought that was funny. Uh, 
continuing on the young Adam, uh, sort of they're in a conversation, the young and the old Adam and the young Adam asks the older one, if he remembered being here in in 2022, you know, is it like a multiverse? And uh, the old Adam sort of retaliates and tells him you watch too many movies. So a nice little whack there at uh, the Marvel cinematic universe uh, is how I'm taking that one. Uh, Again, the the boys are in the garage together and, and the young Adam's sort of admiring the older Adam's body and says, you're kind of ripped. And he's like asking, you know, do you work out? Uh, and he goes to touch it, <laughs> touch his like muscles. It was just quite funny. And then the older Adam says, you know, don't touch it. And then follows up with a, a question about girls and college and things like that. And his response to the younger Adam is that time travel exists, but your question is, do I get laid? <laughs> and he sort of walks off and then the younger Adam sort of like sits there and he's just happy. And he's like, yes, it's going to happen. <laughs> so quite funny, quite funny. Like I mentioned at the start, the, the two bouncing off each other worked quite well in this one. Uh, there's a scene where later in the film, the younger Adam is is being harassed by the bullies again that we saw from the start of the film. And um, he sort of lets the younger Adam, the old Adam lets the younger Adam sort of take a, a few hits and he sort of runs off. And then the older Adam goes up to the bullies and grabs him and, and says, I will find you and I'll pull the bones out of your body. And then the, the poor kid starts peeing his pants and um, the older Adam's like, oh, you're a real streamer. Go home and clean yourself up. So just, just nice little lines. And me saying these out loud now, don't actually seem that funny. So maybe you do need to see the film to, to get what I'm talking about. Some more scenes about heart, I guess. And Ali, um, the mum, is in the bar talking to the bartender and the older Adam's sitting there and he sort of intertwines the conversation without her knowing who he was and, and talking about, you know, boys always coming back to their mummers. And it was just a really nice scene um, trying to reflect on where he's at and, and how he's disappointed in himself for the way that he treated his mother early on in his life. And I think reading a little bit about this film, Ryan Reynolds actually added that line in himself and based it on, on his own personal life. So um, a nice little scene there too. Um, <laughs> again, like the first uh, scene where we see Laura, uh, Adam's wife, you know, she enters this battlefield to sort of save them. And, and you know, Adam's just shocked. He's, he's missed his wife for so long and he goes for a hug and she's too busy fighting people off. That was just a, a cool little action scene. Um, and I think the the farewell between Laura and Adam was just really emotional and really sad. Um, and they talk about, you know, somewhere in us we'll find each other again. And it was just a, for a character who Laura, who was barely on the screen, we still wanted the two to be together. And it was like such a short, quick little time they spent together. It was just still felt really uh, meaningful that we were seeing them part from each other again in the hope that, you know, they're going to get back together again. I think, uh, you know, we're heading towards the end of the film now and the the two boys are with their dad. Um, They rock up to his work and they have a few penis jokes and it's sort of followed up by the older Adam where he's like, oh, so this is where you work, dad. And he's like, it only took you 44 years to bring me here. And it was just a a nice little play on this banter between all all of the characters in this film, really. Uh, Inside that that environment towards the end, uh, Maya, the the villain, I think I'm not going to describe her downfall because I think it was really clever and I think it was great and I, I think it played out really well and worked really well in this story so a highlight for me and finally the the conclusion to this there's there's a farewell scene where you know the the two son two Adams are with their dad and there's some emotional discussions between the two and they talk about loving each other there's this nice hug and then we've had this idea of baseball um, throughout where you know they spent time with dad pitching the ball and things like that and they just finished it in the yard and that was just a, a really nice way to finish this film and I'm not even going to put anything in here that I didn't like because realistically, the only thing that I could possibly mention was that some of the CGI was a little bit iffy. And I think if this was going to get a release on a big screen, uh, they probably would have needed to tighten some of the the animation or the, the CGI animation up because it was a little bit jumpy at times. But 
it's such a minute thing in what to me is a really good film. So some themes and some ideas in this one. I think that uh, I've probably touched on a lot of them throughout as I've been talking about the, the characters and the scenes, but there's this idea of grease, grief and, and loss, especially with time travel and, and the, the looking back on losing your father and, and there's this comment, comment throughout about it's easier to be angry than sad. And that's just such a true thing. Like you can be so angry at the world when sometimes sadness can bring that out. And if you show your emotion, show your sadness, debrief, let it out, that can sometimes remove the anger. So I think that's a really nice thing that they touch on in this, as well as the idea of the father-son relationships. This, this would have been a perfect film to release around Father's Day. Um, I think that realistically though this is about families as a, as a whole because we do see the, the the commentary with the mother as well and and the need for good relationships with both your parents it, it doesn't matter if they're separated it doesn't matter if one's no longer with you or that your parents are still together you still need a good relationship because your parents are always going to be there for you and and i think it's really nice recognition from adam that, that that's the case and there's that tiny little touch too. You've got time travel. You've got the idea of science and, and there are forces greater than science. There's, there's humanity. Humanity is such an important thing. Um, science can't predict emotion. Science can't work out, you know, when you're going to feel sad, there might be algorithms and things like that, but realistically the human mind is so much more powerful. And, and I think that, you know, especially when you're looking at a film that's about the end of the world or, or things being destroyed. It's just nice to see the humanity in some people come through, especially in this film. Uh, and that leads me into what did I take away from this? And this one's probably the one little bit of negativity I'm going to bring into this podcast. And, and to me, that's I'm a little bit concerned with Ryan Reynolds. I think that he's possibly becoming typecast as the same character in every film that he's been doing at the moment. And this is that that role that you see in Deadpool, the the smart aleck, the the wise cracks, the the humor, um, the those types of things. And I think that in Deadpool it worked really well. And then I did a podcast at the end of last year on uh, Red Notice, which had Ryan Reynolds and The Rock, and he played the same sort of character in that. And then obviously if you've seen Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds and directed by the same director as this, then you've seen this character over and over and over again. So I think um, before Deadpool 3 comes out, which isn't probably gonna be too far away, I'd love to see him try something a little bit different. I just think it'd be nice to see him, you know, he, he did a lot of good rom-coms back in the day and, and was still able to be funny. So um, yeah, just a bit of a challenge for Ryan Reynolds because I know that he's <laughs> definitely listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, that leads us into IMDb. So there's a, a part here where we, we say, okay, is there someone on screen that I recognized, I've seen from somewhere before and I can't work out where it's from? So mine was just a confirmation. I. The mayor, uh, Sorian, the villain, the, the bad chick in this film, uh, played by Catherine Keener. So I was like, that is Missy from Get Out, the, the mum from Get Out. And I picked it straight away, but there are a few times that I was second guessing myself, especially with some of the CGI um, on the de-aging of her character at various stages. But I jumped on, confirmed it. It's Missy from Get Out. And if you haven't seen Get Out, um, I highly recommend that film by Jordan Peele. All right, I think uh, I'm almost ready to wrap this one up and we give the film a rating out of five and, and see what we can come up with. So for me, I think that this is, I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm not sure why, but I did. And I think that this should go down maybe as one of the classic family films of like the 2020s, like a bit like Back to the Future, E.T., Close Encounters of the Third Kind from the 80s. That, that's my thoughts on this so far. I think that it just had so much heart that came with laughs, that came with engagement, that was entertaining. So I really suggest checking it out if you haven't seen it yet. I'm giving it a four out of five, which is probably on the high end, but 
Um, I'm real positive on this one. So uh, please do check us out on social media if you can. If you've got Twitter, if you've got Facebook or Instagram, search for Atflix Forum. We're on there. We've got almost 200 episodes that we've done on Netflix original films. So if you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your good podcasts, give us a give us a holler. Um, question that I'm going to put up on social media for this one is, um, is this film better than Free Guy? The other recent Ryan Reynolds film. Um, for me, a thousand percent. I disliked Free Guy. It was not a very good film, but I know there's a lot of people that liked Free Guy. So if you liked Free Guy, then I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy this one just as much. Um, as always, thanks for hanging out and having a listen. Hope you've enjoyed what I've had to say and uh, give us some feedback if you can on any of our socials. And we'll be back for our normal episodes during the week.